Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. So yesterday I was at a, um, <clears throat> at a baby baptism, and as I was sitting there in the church, and looking around at all these parents, I looked at, at uh, the babies who were being baptized, being christened, and I also looked at some of their older siblings, who are also kids. And I'm just watching them, and I can see in most of the children who are sitting there, it's, it's a long service, and it was an, an older gentleman who performed this service, and um, his message was for adults with a lot of concentration. And I saw the kids, I could see them, everything was, they were there for a couple of minutes, after a while you're seeing parents doing this and going like that, and you need to concentrate, you need to be quiet. But the only worry that I, that I thought they have on their mind is, I wanna go outside and I wanna play. I remember when that was our only worry, right? Who we're gonna play with, what we're gonna do, what toys we're gonna have, we weren't thinking about food we weren't thinking about the clothes we're wearing we didn't care about status we didn't care about any of that it's just playing 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 and as i looked at these kids i i i said man god i i wish i wish in 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 many ways i will like that you command us to be like children uh, but we lose that along the way we we start to let worry creep in this morning we're we're looking at, at this topic, um, and it starts in, in Matthew chapter 6. If you'd like to read along, this, there it is on the screen. Uh, that's from the NLT. But if you have your own translation and you would rather do that, you're free to do that too. If you have a physical Bible, those paper things. Yeah. <laughs> and it reads, This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food? And your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. If God cares so wonderfully for, for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, and what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, yet your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above, Above, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. I love that question that he asks. He says, isn't life more than food, right? And your body more than the clothes that you wear? And God is telling us that life is eternal, that there's much more to it than just the physical. But it's so easy for us to get caught up in what we can see and what we can feel and things that we can pursue, and when we've got it, we've got it in our hands. It's much more difficult to look towards eternity. But what God is also saying is saying, look beyond the surface. 
because the physical is just the surface. And we understand this in, in all walks of life, right? We understand this with things like cars, right? There are some very beautiful cars, right? There are some cars that I've looked at as, I would really love a car like this, right? There's a, there's a specific Alfa Romeo that I love. It's an, old, it's an older one from the 80s, but I've heard that that car has a horrible reputation. I would mention more brands, but I don't want to offend people this morning. I know people have their opinions, very strong opinions. We understand this with people. There are some very good-looking people who are horrible on the inside. Right? We understand this with food. There's some food that tastes so good, but it is so bad. Right? I am lactose intolerant, so when I think of ice cream, right, and there's some... The, the ice cream at Woolies, there's just something about it. But I know if I eat that ice cream, it is I'm sentencing myself to suffering not too far along. Right? So I have to count the cost. I know it's not good for me, but it tastes so good. Black Friday sales. Right? I see hate just coming my way. <laughs> Sales that actually have you spending more. Do you know that in some of the shops, they just put up, they don't even, they just put up red signs with no sale on them. Everyone just thinks, oh, it's a sale. We have to go in. And they'll even hike up their prices and you go in and get ripped off. So we understand that we need to look past the surface. Life is more than food. And God is saying, your life goes beyond your basic needs. Even as people who don't believe in God, they know that it's, it goes beyond just what you're eating, uh, what job you're going to, what house you have. We all know that life is much more than that. Life is um, about loving, right? It's about finding purpose. It's about finding family. It's about learning how to live right. We, we live and, and we need acceptance, right? But above all, we, we live for Christ. Life is about Christ and life is about eternity. We are made for eternity. That's why the temporary things of this world never satisfy. And Jesus knows that. And Jesus, as he was speaking, he, a lot of the people he was speaking to were poor. And Jesus knew what it was like to be poor. Right? He, he grew up poor. When, when, when uh, he was circumcised on the eighth day and they bring offerings, they brought two turtle doves, which if you go back to Leviticus, the turtle doves are the offering that the poor people who can't afford to bring other animals, uh, if, if you can't afford to bring a, a, a ram, you bring these two turtle doves. And that's what Jesus' parents brought. So Jesus grew up in the lower end of, 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 of society. And he understood what it was like to be poor. He understood what it was like to be overlooked. When he started preaching, one of the things that people said was, isn't this the carpenter's son, right? How can he be this, this Messiah, this son of God, this person of authority when he came from such a lowly home? He knew what it was like to be discarded. And he knew that the people that he was speaking to were people who also knew what it was like to be let down by other people. The reason so many people in this world are hungry, there are many different reasons, but 
One big reason is because to a lot of people, the people who are suffering are just not valuable to them. Like these people who are sitting in front of Jesus, not many really cared about them. I think one of the, one of the things that, that drives us to, to doubt God is we wonder, am I valuable to you? Right? And Jesus says it, and he knows in his heart, he's, as he's speaking to these people, he says, look at the birds, they don't plant or harvest or store food in their barns, but your heavenly Father feeds them. Then what does he say? Aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? God feeds these animals that have, they don't work towards his eternal purpose beyond just displaying his glory in creation. Right? There's, there's not a dog somewhere planning a sermon for other dogs today. Right? They don't, they're not made in his image. They don't live beyond the physical. God still cares for them. How much, how much more for us who are made in his image? Whom he, he made just from his own pleasure for us to relate to him. God is saying, I value, I value you. I will take care of you. I will protect you. We protect the things and we take care of the things that we value, right? Now, when I went to, 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 to Cape Town to get engaged to that lovely lady over there, right? I went down there and I knew that a lot of my days were going to be empty. So I took my guitar with, that blue guitar over there. I got it as a gift. I love that guitar. I love playing guitar and I value it. And one day, I just strolled into a music shop because there was nothing else to do. And I just had to walk into this music shop. And as I walked in there, the guy in there said, all the cases are on sale today. And, and I had a case that I was given, but on the ride on the bus, it had been pushed down and it dented. And so I was worried about going back. And that day, I found... This case, right? And the guy who sold it to me said, uh, he asked me some questions because I was playing and I was jamming with him a little bit. And I said, no, I'm from Namibia. I came here and I came with my guitar, but I don't know about that case. And he said to me, you are going to have problems going back with this case, right? I said, why? Well, because this, this company also makes gun cases that look the same. In my mind, I'm thinking, I value my guitar, I don't care. And what are the odds that this happens? As we're going back, we stop at the border, and they, they stop and they ask, there's a case, there's a gun case in here. Someone did not declare weapons, you're not allowed to have weapons on this bus. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm... I'm not clicking at first, so I'm thinking, who would bring a gun on the intercape? Come on. And then it's me. And so I realize, oh, that's my case. I go outside with the gentleman, the police officer. Uh, that's at the South African border. And he says, is this your case? I say, yes. He says, what's in there? It's a guitar. I said, open it. So I open it and I show him. And he says, okay. So then we go just a little while further to the Namibian border. The same thing happens again. But this time when I open the case, 
one of the gentlemen said, open underneath, right? I say, what do you mean, underneath? And he says, you know that movie where (laughs) there's a guy who has a guitar, and under his guitar, there are guns, Desperado. And I thought, oh, you watch good, good tasted movies. Right? But then I say, there's nothing like that. And he says, no, no, you need to open it right now. And so I'm going back and forth. I promise you, there's nothing like that, right? I can't even afford a gun. Look, <laughs> I wouldn't be on the intercape, right? <laughs> but I valued my guitar, and, and this guitar case was so important to me. I needed to have it because I value my guitar. I want to protect it, right? And this thing is really tough, right? One day, I said, I said to someone who will re- remain unnamed, they're not here, right? I won't even say their name because you might tease them the next time. But I said, this case is, this is a really tough case. And so we walked outside and it rolls, it has these, I'm just advertising this for everyone, by the way. <laughs> so it has these, these wheels on the bottom and I, and I wheeled it out. And as we stood right outside there, he said, let me, let me carry it for you. Does this person not proceed to put it on the stairs and slide down on it with the guitar inside? I didn't say anything. Right? <laughs> and the guitar was fine and the case was fine. I was so mad. But I was also so glad that this case was as tough as it is. Right? We protect the things that we value. Will God not protect us? Does he not value us more? If you want to see how much God values you, read Psalm 139, where he says, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. How he says he knows, he knows your past, he knows your future, has mapped out every single day. Read Ephesians uh, 2 verse 10, where it says that you are God's workmanship. Another word is masterpiece. Read the crucifixion accounts where you see how valuable you are and how much Christ did for you. Jesus says, don't worry because you are more valuable to me. And then he adds, and you know what? Worrying will not add a single day to your life. Won't add an hour, won't add a minute. It won't add anything. I have got you. We are valued. Continues in verse 28 and says, Why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if if God cares for you so wonderfully, I mean, if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And as, as I think of this and, and Jesus talking about how God clothes the lilies of the field, I, I think of uh, my grandmother. There was one time, the one time I can remember being at the village and being sent to, to, to go to for the Christmas service. Um, we were, when, when you're on holiday as a young man, I think this is whether you're at the village or in the city, a bath is not something you think about. Why do I need to do that? I'm not going to school. I'm just going to get dirty playing again. So obviously, I'm not bathing, right? And then, on top of that, you're in the village. Everything is sand. Everything is dust. 
everything is cow poop, right? It's everywhere. Why would I clean myself? Right? No one cares how I smell. There's a lot of space and a lot of fresh air. But my grandmother, on this day, she knew the next day was Christmas. That day before, she scrubbed us like nobody's business. Right? If you've ever been at, 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 the, at, at the village with, with, with village moms and grandmas, when they wash you, your whole body is just being moved back and forth. Right? It's just soap everywhere, you're being scrubbed. And then the next day, you are, you are, I don't even, lotioning is not the word. Because, first of all, at the village, you don't waste lotion on children. You give them Vaseline. So they shine you. They coat you with this. And then they send you out as this shiny child. right? And you know how much you're loved by how shiny you are. Right? And you collect dust along the way. Right? But my grandmother would clean us. And as we complain, she would say, I don't want people to think that you don't have a home. Right? In other words, I'm, I'm paraphrasing for my grandmother. She'd probably say, no, 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 that's not it. She cares for me very much and wants me to, <laughs> wants to clothe me and send me out. Jesus says, because I care for you, I will clothe you. Right? And then he says, why do you have so little faith? Right? He says, don't you trust me? Right? That's what he's saying. Why do you have so little faith? Don't you trust God? Don't you trust me? Now, gents, can you guys come up? So this is Diego, that's Hunga. Right? These are two incredible guys. I trust these guys. Right? <laughs> this could either be <laughs> great illustration or a great YouTube moment. <laughs> So, Hunga, <laughs> you can't blame this on your baby. I'm just saying. Okay, because I trust, I will fall. Yeah. <laughs> For a second, I was thinking, when are these guys gonna catch me? <laughs> But God says, don't you trust me? And you know, we know all these things. We know these verses. We know that God says, I'm there. I will protect you. I will care for you. I will clothe you. I will feed you. But I think what we get caught up in a lot of the times is not the fact that we don't know this, but we get caught up in the how and the, and the when. Right? We want, want to know, God, how will you do this? Right? And this is not a, a question that we ask, that we're the only ones who ask. As we've gone through the Old Testament, Moses, when, 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 when God says, go to the Israelites, Moses says, he's essentially asking, but how? I don't speak well. How will you speak through me? Right? When, he, when he's being sent and he's going to be sent to the, to the elders of Israel, he's asking God, who, who should I say sent sent me. He knows that when he goes there and he says, God is going to free us, they're also going to ask, how? We've been in slavery for 400 years. How? When Gideon is hiding in a wine press and God says, mighty warrior, I'm going to use you. 
to free Israel. He says, I'm the least of my family and the least of the tribe of, of Benjamin. We are the least of Israel. How will you send me to go out and to defeat these? And as he goes with this army, God tells him again and again to reduce the number of people. And Gideon, I can see him going, how is this going to work? Right? We're already doubting with all our many soldiers. Now we have a couple of hundred. How? And we also ask when. We say, God, I know you can. And even if I don't think about the how, when are you going to do this? Right? I've got an exam tomorrow. When are you going to help me understand this? Right? I've got bills to pay. When is the money coming through? I've been praying for years and years and years for my family to know Christ. When will you do it? And Jesus' reply has always been, me. When you ask how, he says, me. When you ask when, he says, me. When Moses is being sent back and he says, who should I say sent? He says, I am who I am. When God is asked how, he responds in this way in Isaiah 55, 8 to, 8 to 9. He says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. He's saying, you will not even understand the how if I try to explain it. How God does what he does, we won't understand it. The account of Genesis, so many people uh, wrestle with this account because we want to know, okay, he created it, but how? Right? We wrestle with the how and the when. Was it six days? Was it 6,000 years? Was it six million years? God is saying, you won't understand it. Right? If I told you, it would blow your mind. You wouldn't even be able to comprehend it. When God is asked when, his response is this. In Second Peter, but you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. God is saying you have this limited knowledge of when. You have this limited knowledge of time. We can only move forward at this one speed. And God is saying, I am the master of time. I work inside and outside of it. I can stretch out a day to thousand years I can squeeze a thousand years into a day if I can do that why would you worry about when I show up God, God comes in his time he answers prayer in his time and his time is perfect and we will drive ourselves to deep anxiety trying to figure out the how and the when what I need to concern myself with are these questions. Is God good? Does God have good intentions? Is God able? Does God care? Is he willing? The answer to every one of these is yes, 
if we spend time finding out these things, following Christ, asking God, show me all of these things, if you are good, if your intentions are good, if you are able, if you care, if you love me, if you are willing, the how and the why melt away. And so does our anxiety. God is saying, don't be anxious about anything because I am who I am. I am God. And then he says, so don't worry about these things, what we will eat and what we will drink, what we will wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. He says that people who don't believe, who, who don't know of God and, 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 and think that there is no God, they have nothing else to focus on but the material. But we know that there is more. And Jesus is saying that don't just not worry, but replace it with something. Right? If we, if we stop doing something, but we don't replace it with something good, we go back to the habits. If I, if I decide to free up time because I want to exercise and then I don't exercise, I'll probably fill that time with food. Right? God is saying, I want you to take that worry and fill it with something else. To seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek eternity because that's what we're made for. Seek eternity because that's what will fulfill you. Seek eternity because that is what is best for you. Eternity is in Christ. Seek Christ. And I love that every command that, that God gives us, I, I often as I read the Bible uh, and I see a commandment, I ask why. Right? Why are you asking me to do this? And, and in my mind, I always try and say, okay, if I do this, what could possibly happen? Right? God is saying, seek, seek my kingdom above all else. And what happens is he works out as we're seeking his kingdom, he works out all of our needs through that. Right? And God can, 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 can work out all of our physical needs, but also our needs to be, to be loved and accepted all on his own. But he does that in the context of community. And he says, as we serve with one another, we see God come through with the needs. I love uh, Acts chapter 2. And it's, as, as, as Peter has preached this sermon, and thousands have come to Christ, and the church starts forming. And these are people who are also going out and sharing their faith. Everyone is doing what God has called them to do, to seek his kingdom. And there is incredible persecution. There are people losing their jobs. They're losing their freedom, being thrown into prison. There are people who are being killed. They are losing everything. They're losing their means to eat, to be clothed, to have shelter. These are people who are in deep, deep need. Even more than the people that Jesus might have been, was preaching to on that mountain. Even more now. But look and see what happens. It says that all believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, so there we have a need that's being taken care of. As the church was coming together, as, as the sweetness of, of this relationship and this fellowship, as they would come together, they would share food, knowing that 
that person and that person might not have had food today because they lost their job, uh, because that person's breadwinner is now in prison, because uh, that person, the only person who worked in that family, was now killed. And the love of God was leading these people to share with one another. In community, these needs were being met. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and their possessions and shared money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. See, a lot of times when we doubt God, it's because we're not moving with him. God displays, shows himself, his power is made apparent as we obey him. When I trust God, I can see that he's faithful. Right? If I didn't fall, I wouldn't know that they would catch me. Right? So it's this, it's this cycle, I trust, so I do. And so God shows himself more trustworthy. Not that he changes, but we see more. It says, as you seek my kingdom. That is the remedy to our anxiety. Because as we seek, as we do what he's called us to do, we will see him provide. Right? The, church, the church, which should have been destroyed many times, has continued to survive through the ages because God has remained faithful. He stays who he is if we will only walk with him. As we close our time, let's, um, let's pray where we are. I don't know where you are. Ask Jesus, if, if it's, I don't trust you, I don't think you care for me, say, God, show me that. If it's, I don't think I'm valuable, so why would you value me? Ask God to show you that. If, if you've been complacent and not been seeking him, Say, God, I apologize. I repent, I turn away, and I want to turn to you. Because it's as we do that that the Lord will show himself faithful. And let's enter into a time of prayer. When you, when, they, when you hear the music, join with us as we worship. Let's pray. This is Rico Vecca, and I am also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today. And it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.